You're listening to The Long Game Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Scaiano. What do you need to know to start a podcast? That question was posed to me by my good friend and guest today, Sue Winkler. As podcasting continues to be a content vehicle, a way to share your voice or your viewpoint, and a way to connect more, more people are asking about it. So I told my friend to write out all of her questions and let's record a podcast episode to answer them. Surely she isn't the only one who is curious. So today I'm answering Sue's exact questions coming from a total newbie perspective. What does she think she needs to know? You know, and it's so interesting for me to record this because the questions that I would have come up with are from a deeper perspective. You know, I've been doing this a while. So I love getting her perspective, you know, on what to cover and what she wants to know. And only after embarking on this did I realize that she doesn't know all the things that go into it. During our conversation, I realized that I needed to explain how something works, for instance. And through this conversation, it's actually better than questions I would have come up with on my own. So another point I want to bring up is that we all have an expertise that our friends, whether they're industry friends or personal friends, come to us for. You know, you may be getting the pick your brain request and there can be real insight and opportunity there. You know, sometimes though, we may be like, I don't have the time for the pick your brain, right? But instead for this, I was like, this is a great idea for a podcast episode. You know, she had so many questions that we actually created two episodes from it. So I'm turning something that I would have done anyway into content. So think about where you can do this in your business. What are the conversations that you're having? All right, in this episode, part one of how to start a podcast, I'm answering the technical equipment and production questions of starting a podcast. You know, I try not to say it depends a lot here, but there are a lot of individual decisions you'll be making based on what your goals are, what your format is, and what your resources are. Identifying these things are key and they are questions that not every podcast curious business owner thinks about. You know, you don't know what you don't know. So we dig in to how to get started today and what having a podcast could look like for you. The long game is how to start a podcast part one. In a world where everyone is doing, it's easy to get lost in a sea of comparison, secret tricks, and promises of overnight success. The long game? That's my approach to business. You gotta show up, you gotta do the work, and there are no quick fixes for long-term success. It takes creativity, it takes strategy, and it takes listening to the voice inside you. I'm a web designer, digital strategist, and energetic thinker, bringing you real-world business-building experiences, conversations with creators who are out there doing it now, and ideas to spark the energy in your own business. And along the way, we're going to have a little bit of fun as well. So thanks for being here, and let's get to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Long Game Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because you are all getting to meet one of my favorite people, long, long standing friends. My good friend Sue Winkler is here with us today. And it's a really interesting conversation. Sue and I were catching up one day, and she is a business owner. She is the co owner of Soma 
Vayu Garden. It's a yoga and cultural wellness studio here in New Jersey, in Highland Park, New Jersey. And we were talking about content and her wanting to possibly start a podcast. And she said, I, I want to get on a call with you and, and, and ask you some questions. And I was like, hold it right there. Everybody wants to know the answers to these questions. So let's record it. So it's super fun. And you're going to get a glimpse into our friendship, but also all of the information that someone who is curious about starting a podcast, all of those questions are going to be asked today. So welcome, Sue. I'm so excited to have you here. Yay. Thank you so much for having me today, Sandra. This is so exciting. And uh, yeah, so I, um, as you mentioned, just recently opened a new yoga and cultural wellness center here in Highland Park. I am a co-owner with two other women. And all three of us have had yoga studios for different periods between 1999 and today. I had one in New Brunswick for eight years. Bobby had one here in Highland Park for 22 years. And Carla still has hers in New Brunswick as well. And so the three of us came together and opened the center. And it's so much more than yoga. We, of course, have yoga and meditation, but we have dance, we have drum. And when I say dance, we have African dance, we have belly dance, we have yoga dance and all kinds of dance, Nia. Of course, we have body work and Reiki and yoga, and we have uh, live music shows that are all ages, and um, we're going to be starting to have some more art introduced. So really just trying to um, facilitate a space that really allows people to be their authentic selves and kind of get in touch with the different elements of themselves, because we've quickly recognized, you know, yoga has really been a great path for ourselves but it's not for everybody. And there may be another way to get to that same kind of place of mindfulness and being in touch with yourself that might look different. So it could be dance, it could be art, it could be music, right? So just trying to create that space that encapsulates all of it. A hundred percent. I love that. And as you were talking, I was thinking, you have such a beautiful space. You have created this beautiful physical space. And it's awesome to have these other ways to utilize that space besides yoga, if that's not your thing, because it is such a calming, beautiful space to be in. So yeah. I'm excited for you there. All right. So, you know, you and I have been speaking that, you know, about business and content as a pathway for growing business, all of that. And you've even been thinking about maybe creating a podcast series on overall wellness and mindfulness or, you know, and even pecking into some other ideas. So I want to get to the meat of like, let's just get started with questions. So I know you've got some prepared. Why don't you, I'm going to let you ask me the questions. This is like interview me, Uh, ask me the questions and I'm going to give all of the information I can from my three years now podcasting what I've learned along the way. Thank you. So excited and so lucky. So thank you so much for answering these (laughs) questions. And I hope the questions I have are the same that a lot of other folks have as well and will be helpful for them. I know that most podcasts are about an hour long, but I know it takes a lot more than an hour to create one of these episodes. So I know it probably, it depends, but you know, how long about (laughs) to create a one hour episode? Totally. So let's talk first about, it doesn't have to be an hour. I do podcasts anywhere from 15. If it's a solo episode, sometimes it'll just be 15 minutes. I average in the 35 minute realm. And sometimes when I'm doing interviews, they go longer. So 
It can be whatever the content facilitates. So I'm going to try not to say it depends so much on this, <laughs> but you know, keep that in mind. There are no parameters. And like everything we do in our business, it's really about bringing yourself forward. So if you need five extra minutes, like take it, don't keep yourself in a box. But it does take some time because, so there's a few different types. You want to think about the type of podcast that you want to have. Are you interviewing people? Are you doing solo episodes? So those are two different preparations. For me, I do both solo and interview, and I prepare for both of them. So if I'm doing an interview, I know who's coming. I've kind of had some back and forth. Sometimes I've even had a Zoom call with them ahead of time to say, hey, where are we going with this? What do you want to talk about? And then I prepare questions and I do research. I do research on them. I do research on our topic so that we can really bring out the best piece. So there's that before piece. But I'm not writing out a script for an interview. I have notes that I'll look at. So it is actually a little quicker in terms of the preparation for that. But if I am doing a solo episode, I like to keep myself on track. So for me personally, I do write a script and that takes some time. So I did a whole a few episodes, a series on artificial intelligence. Like I really researched that and got references and all, you know, so those took a little longer than some of my other episodes where I'm talking about a client strategy that we implemented because I made that up and it's in my head. And I know, you know, I'm kind of talking from personal experience. So, but you got to give yourself an hour or two, gather your content and then the sit down and record. And it does get easier over time. Uh, You know, the first few times you're like, I hate the way I sound. And I will actually tell you, I'm going to link in the show notes. I have um, one of my clients is a voice coach. And so we did a whole episode on your brand voice, your literal voice, and how to love your voice and how to use it more. So how to use it better. So I'll make sure I link in the show notes to that because it's a really good episode. So it can take a little bit of time to get into your groove and you might start and stop a little bit along the way into recording. But, you know, it takes a couple of hours a week, I would say, between two to three, depending on your preparation time and then your recording piece and how long it is. Interviews go quicker because most interviews are just back and forth, right? The time that you're on the call is it. One thing also to think about in podcast preparation you have to create an intro and an outro. So you pre-record them in the beginning and you can change these along the way, but your intro is your, hey, this is what my show is about. This is what you're going to expect. And it gets put on the front end of every podcast episode. Your outro is, thanks for listening. Here's all the ways that we can connect and all of that kind of stuff. And it goes on the, the exit at the end of your podcast episode. So There's a number of things that you have to do in preparation. So you really have to think about your idea. I mean, like everything, if you're putting out an offer, you've got to be well thought and where, know your direction type of thing. Wow. So many things I didn't think about, like intro and outro and, you know, yeah, good stuff. Totally. And those are things that like, depending on, I, I mean, I guess I should back up and say too, There's two ways to go about this. And I know this is a later question, so I'm not going to get too far into it, but are you working with someone who's experienced, who's guiding you through the podcast piece, or are you DIYing it? 
And so some of that path gets laid out depending on who you're working with, right? Obviously, you can find a checklist of these are all the things we need and go down them. But if you're working with a podcast producer type of person, they're going to map out all of these different structural pieces that you need. All right. Thank you. Now, when you create your content, do you tend to do it in any like pre thought out order or series, or is it just, you know, like, do they build on each other in any way or go in um, series of topics or is it better to just do one offs and yeah. Well, that is such a good question because some people do seasons and they'll say, all right, I'm doing 10 episodes and that's a season and they're topical. You know, and again, it depends what your topic is. You know, if you were going to do a wellness type of topic, I'll just use that as an example right now, you know, maybe, and and this might not be what you're going to do, but if you're like, Hey, I want to talk about mindfulness and these seven steps that we go through. Well, then there's a built-in series of seven episodes for you, or maybe eight or nine, because you tag on, on the, the front and back. Right. So it's what you're thinking about in terms of content. And you'll hear like the uh, true crime podcasts sometimes have series because they're telling one story over the course of a season, right? So that's where it makes sense. For me, I do weekly. And so I do small series sometimes within, but I have an overall general topic of my podcast and it can morph. Like now I'm three years in and I've gotten, I've put my finger, you know, a little bit more on the pulse of what I'm talking about here. You know, I call it the intersection of creativity and strategy because I talk a lot about being a creative entrepreneur and strategic ways to do that. So I may do a series. I did a series on getting started with building courses. I did the AI series, which was only three, but still it's a series because I wanted to address different topics and ideas throughout. So sometimes I will think in those modes. You know, and that's another piece to bring up. Like when you're thinking about this, like what is your time? Like what is your end goal with this? Number one, we have to start with that. Like, is it to raise awareness, get more people into the studio, get people for a coaching business to book calls as a coach or any of those type of things? You know, there are a number of different, our listeners have digital businesses and physical businesses. So there's all these end results that you want to get from it. For me, it started out as a way to just have some content and get my voice out, you know, in a way that I, I wasn't writing blog posts. I wasn't, I wasn't into that. And so the the talking really was working for me in the idea. So what is your end result? You want to start there. And then, you know, then you can kind of say, all right, does a season make sense? Does a series make sense? how much time do I have? All right. I know I've got to do a couple hours a week here. And especially if I'm doing the editing versus sending it out to someone else, then the marketing and all of that, let's say five hours. If you're doing a weekly show, do I have that? Okay. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it can be, you know, it's a creative thing too. Like, okay, I have to feel creatively ready to write something. You know, I can't tell you how many notes I use my um, note stock 
in my computer. And whether I'm on my phone or on my computer, like so many ideas started. I'm like, oh, this is a good one. And then I'm like, but you have to develop it. So there's time to go back in and develop what I'm saying because 20 minutes is a long time. You have to write a lot to yeah. fill 20 minutes up if it's just you. Yeah. I bet. Um, <laughs> and that kind of leads into my next question, which was about how far ahead, right? Like if it takes five hours a week and I'm trying to do a weekly podcast, I don't want to always just be like right behind the, uh, you know, eight ball all the time trying to make sure I get the next one out in time. So like, do you recommend being ahead two or three? Do you try to do like a whole series of like 10 at a time or, you know, what kind of strategy do you find is successful in that? I know. I am such a bad example of that. I'm like, as you're talking, I'm like ah, having anxiety <laughs> on my chest um, because I go through phases of batching. Like, first of all, to start, yes, you want to put your, your, you know, it's easiest at the beginning. First of all, whatever your topic is, if you're going to do a weekly podcast, you need to brainstorm 30 topics at least, right? Like I need to be sure that I can, because once you get, that you can talk about that, because once you start getting into the mode of creating this content, ideas go off and you're adding to that list, but you want to have the base list. Right. You know, I sat and rattled off a list of 20 and said, all right, I'm ready. I know I'm doing this. I've got 20 ready. I'm padding it for everyone listening because <laughs> you can. So you know, my goal was to have 10 ready. Granted, I had COVID happen and all of that. So we shifted some ideas and Black Lives Matter. I wanted to comment on that. Like, and it gave me a vehicle to do that. So I was really happy, but I shifted things around. So yes, you want to have 10 ready. You know, that's ideal. When you launch, a great launch strategy is to have three podcasts when you launch. So first thing you do is you produce a trailer and a trailer is a couple minutes like, Hey, this has our music in it. This is what I'm going to be talking about. It's going to be great. Be sure to tune in. It's coming soon. And that gets published on all of the podcast platforms. So people can start following you right away. So you can start to get the word out. So you do a trailer. And then when you launch, you want to have three episodes because you want to have the ability for people to binge a little bit and dive in, right? So if there's three episodes, they can get a feel for what you're talking about. So you definitely need the three episodes off the bat. And then you don't want to be behind the curve afterwards. So right. you got to have a minimum of five ready just for padding, but the more the better, right? And some people will even do a whole series, like their whole season will be ready. And, you know, and I think some of that also goes back to what is your setup? Like, what is your support system? You know, some people have assistants helping them book or do research or things like that. So, you know, they're able to move along. I am always amazed at the people who are like, I've recorded my whole season and I'm done. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> I do get behind the eight ball with like week to week, but it's also it fits for what I'm doing. Like sometimes I get ahead and I'll get like two episodes ahead, but I'm really talking about now and what's happening in business now and what my clients are going through, how the economy is affecting that. Like what are trends we're seeing that you might want to pay attention to or having experts come on and talk about that. So for me, that works. But yeah, I would love it if I had my 
act together enough so that I had two OAs in in the can, as they say, and um, ready to go. But yeah, you want to have a bulk, you know, you want to have that buffer. Yeah. And you mentioned something I hadn't thought about either, which, you know, all these little pieces you don't think about, like, I need to think about what's the name of the podcast, what is our logo, and what music? Is there some music that I need to license? Do I need to have somebody write something original? Do I have to, like, what does that look like, right? So those are little pieces that you don't think about but are really crucial, huh? Totally. And there are stock, like, there's stock photo agencies, there's stock music agencies that you can buy a two-and-a-half-minute, three-minute song from, but you've got to know your genre, right? You can search by genre, whether you want acoustic guitar or electronic, and you've got to spend some time digging through. Right. It's all part of the vision and creating artwork. Do not forget, you've got to also create not only the logo, but the cover art, you know, whether that's a person, it's always good to have a person on a a cover art for someone to connect with. Or, you know, whatever your topic is, I have a client who recently launched a podcast and it's very industry specific. So like their marker for success, you know, is not a million downloads because there's only 4,000 people, let's say, in their industry who's, you know, or, you know, the pool of people. So it has to appeal to them, right? Not always to, you know, so you do certain things you have to take into account your personal situation there. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Now moving into equipment. So to start doing a podcast, what kind of equipment do I need? I mean, obviously a microphone, but I'm sure there's more than just a microphone that I need. And then kind of a part two of the the microphone, you know, I'm sure I can get a microphone for $20 and for $2,000 and anything in between. And there's probably a certain tipping point where how much more value you're getting compared to how much more money you're spending probably hits that tipping point at a certain level. So just a little insight on that. Yeah, let's talk about that. So the main things you need are your computer, a microphone, and some sort of recording software. So when I first started out, I was using Audacity, which is a free audio software. So you don't even have to spend on that. You plug your microphone in, it's on your computer, you're recording, right? And that is kind of what I recommend too for people. Like you can start out one way and move <laughs> move yourself up another way. I now use, and, and I'm going to link to everything in the show notes. So any of these names you can catch and get links to. So Audacity was just audio recording, easy to use, plug in, go. And then at a point, I really wanted to start, I moved to another platform and then I moved again because I wanted to do video. I wanted to record video so that I can, and we'll talk about this later, repurposing as well and have audio and video of everything that we're recording. So I also use Riverside and that's been really good. So that's a software that you pay it's like monthly, but you pay an annual fee for it. And it's nominal. Um, I think it's like $12 or something a month. So it's not too expensive to get started. So you need the software. You've got the computer. If you're recording video, you need some type of camera. And in terms of microphones, yes, you can go all different ways. You know, I know some people who use their 
AirPods even. So there's different levels. And I, you know, I have one client who does a podcast on a different client and he is very particular about the sound quality. So like he's got a certain sound quality once and he works with the sound engineers to do that. Like, okay, me, I'm like, okay, we're going, you know, <laughs> do it on my phone. I'm okay with, you know, a little bit off the cuff more, but in terms of microphones, a good one will cost you a hundred bucks, you know, that you can get started. One thing to think about are these omnidirectional and these versus like a directional mic. The mic that I use right now is called the Shure MV7. It's about $230 or $250. So it's a bump up from a $100 investment, but it is great. The sound quality is great. And it's a directional mic in terms of my neighbor was just leaf blowing before and it will not be recorded on this because the microphone is pointed at me and it's only recording my voice in this direction. And that's really helpful because many of us start out in our homes and all kinds of ambient noise going on. So thinking about your situation as well, and you can get started. I'm sitting at my desk right here. I started in my bedroom during COVID or in the closet. I kept saying, doing tests. How does it sound here? How does it sound here? So you can get started anywhere because you just need basic setup. You've got a desk. You can pop everything on. You know, you'd be able to do that. I think it's also, if you have a, a non I forget what it's called. I'll have to double check. I'll put it in the show notes. But one of the things I bought originally because my first mic was not a um, monodirectional mic, I bought a little foam. It was like a, a little enclosure that went around and it was like a portable sound booth for my desk. I bought it on Amazon. I'll link to that in the show notes as well. So if you've got a mic, you can use what you already have and you know get some of these things without that. So it's pretty, I would say equipment wise, easy to set up in terms of that. You know, I know one of the questions we talked about too is, all right, if I have guests, what am I doing? So if your guest is remote, like you and I, we're both plugging into Riverside. You can do this on Zoom. A lot of popular podcasts record on Zoom and do this as well. But everybody has their own setup in their own house, so you don't have to multiply. If you are in the same room, you need to get some other type of mixers and things to plug in because you don't want your mic to pick up two voices, right? Only one. So those are some more complex setups where you have multiple mics in one room. They've got to plug into um, different boxes that'll have channels that are separate so that it's telling the mic, this is the only thing you're listening to basically. Okay. So that's something to think about. Like if you wanted to set up in your studio, in the yoga studio and say, hey, let's do an interview here. That would be something to think about. Okay. So that does add a whole level of complexity. And then space-wise too, for the video, I guess it would depend on what you're doing. Like, do you need, you know, you see people get the ring lights or they get the green screens or they get the, you know, different kinds of uh, equipment for the video part. Any yeah. I mean, it's always good to have a light. I am lit right now by window light. My desk faces the window and 
But I'll tell you, I'm screwed when it's cloudy and raining and I have to record. So I have a light as well that I can turn on. Or if it's somebody is on a different time zone and I've got to do it at four o'clock in the afternoon in November, it's completely pitch dark out. So you want to be able to do that. And I think it's something it's worthwhile to invest in and they don't have to be expensive. I have a tabletop one, a tabletop tripod that I'll link to. That's a tabletop ring light. I bring traveling. I had to record a podcast episode while I was traveling and I was like, I'm going to be in a hotel room. I don't know what I'm going to, what I'm going to encounter. Right. And I tried to position myself with the window light coming in. And I just had this light right here, just highlighting, right? Because when you want to start thinking of doing video and repurposing, you do want to have good lighting so that it's easy for people to watch and they're not like, oh, it's all, you know, gray and fuzzy or something. You know what I mean? So those are things to think about. And you just build your arsenal, so to speak, along the way. You know, all of the equipment kind of grows. All right. Awesome. Okay. I think that's all on equipment and now moving into production. So you had kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, right? Like I know there's a lot of different pieces, parts of the production and what parts do you recommend or can you kind of farm out versus what are there certain elements that you say, you know what, you're really better to keep that in-house. So what does that kind of look like? Something to think about is your level of technical expertise and how eager you are to jump in and learn that and your time commitment. What else do you have going on? I work with a podcast producer. I work with Sound Advice, and I have from the beginning. And for me, it's worked really well. They taught me the ropes of how to get set up. And and I will talk about the process a little bit so everyone understands that overall. And you need to learn that process if you're DIYing. You know, you're going to have to do some research and maybe buy an online course or something that says, hey, let me map this out for you. And I continued to work with a production company because I didn't want to do the editing. Like for me now, I'm at a place where I create the content, I write it, I show up, I record it, and then I pass it off because that's what I have the capacity for in my business. And could I learn how to edit? Yes. (laughs) I don't want to. Like I understand people's feelings when they say that. But some people say, oh, it's not a big deal. I, I actually just read a post in a Facebook group I'm in where somebody was like, why are people saying it takes so long to edit? It took 10 minutes to edit this and put an intro in. I'm like, he's very skilled. Like, that's great. So it's really where you're at and where you approach it. And let me go back and explain like how some of this works. So there's one part, which is creating the content. You've got to record on your computer you know, write all of that stuff, the creative part. Then there's the getting it out into the world part. And the setup with that is is the most important piece. And it can totally be done DIY. You just have to, again, dig a little bit. But basically, every podcast has a server. So just like anything on the web, your files have to live somewhere. They have one place that you upload them to, and then you connect Apple and Spotify and Stitcher and all these other places. So there are 
Lipson and Megaphone and Acast are some of the more popular podcast servers and they're podcast hosting companies. But basically, they're where you upload your files and then you connect all of your accounts. So whenever it's time to publish, you are putting it in one spot and it's getting sent out to all the places that you've connected it to. And when you start, you need to figure out where do I want to be? Some people just say, I just want to be on Apple podcast one place. Okay, great. You set yourself up with an account, go through the steps, one place, but you can be in many places. People listen on Pandora, um, Amazon, all these different places now. So I recommend being on multiple platforms. So going to each platform, you make your own account and then you connect that account with your podcast hosting account so that when you're publishing an episode, you're putting it in one space and it's sending it out to 10 or seven or however many you have connected. So that's the general gist of it with that, how the mechanics of it works. Right. So you know, you have to get started though and figure out, yeah, okay, because that was where, where am I making this account? Right. I, yep. I know Apple Podcast. I really don't know what other ones are there. And so thank you, because I was wondering if I could do it in one place and propagate it from there or if I needed to publish it to multiple places. So that's good news. Yeah. And it's interesting because just recently I someone said to me, Oh, I listen on this. And I was like, really? I mean, I publish on that, but I have never gone to that website. Like, right. I never listen on that. Like, I'm always amazed because I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. Why wouldn't you just do Apple? You know, <laughs> but but I but there's a reason there's all these other I literally just started listening to podcasts like this year. So like I'm totally new to the whole concept even. And so it's just the one on my Apple phone. I didn't know there were others. <laughs> totally. So yeah. there are, there's, you know, I mean, I might even be underselling it if I'm saying there's 20 different ones. I mean, you can upload to Amazon, Amazon yeah. music. Now, you know, that has podcasts. You can upload to Pandora and Spotify and Stitcher. And I mean, all of these different spots. So that's a, a research piece as well. Where do you want to be? And you're doing the legwork of setting up those accounts and then connecting them. But once they're done, they're done. Right. And what's interesting too is, you know, YouTube becomes a place to publish as well. You can publish audio to YouTube and have your podcast be audio instead of just video as well. So something to think about right. now in that piece. Now, if you work with a production company, are they the ones that are always posting your stuff for you or are they just producing it somehow and giving it back to you and you're the one that's publishing it out? Like, I guess back to kind of that question of like, what are the pieces that like you would maybe hire somebody to do? And yeah, what are the touch points? Or the handle. Yeah, I think in most services, we'll edit for you. And then as production, they will edit your podcast. So they'll take out any ums and all of that and, you know, edit pieces out and add your intro and outro to each episode. So that's creating this edited one file. And they will schedule it to be published once you're, and some of them, depending on how you're working with them, you know, they will set up all those accounts for you. Okay. So you can have a production company that you work with that you're saying, all right, I want you to create my account. 
connect me, do all of that. And then ongoing, you work monthly with them. And again, the the price varies depending on, I'll talk about some of the variables of pricing for production companies. Number one is how long are your podcast episodes? If it's a 15 minute podcast or an hour podcast, that's going to affect the price. How frequently you are, your episodes are being produced are different ones. Also, if they are interview versus solo, right? You're working with multiple tracks and editing that in and how, how complex is some of that. So, you know, if you're doing a weekly podcast, it could be anywhere from $50 to $100 a week, you know, depending on type of thing or more, right? Like, and then another piece you have to think about, a lot of these production companies, some do, some don't. My production company does, Sound Advice Strategies. They also write the show notes. So that's another piece to think about because you wanna have show notes of your episode and those are like done in a specific way. You know, they're, they're a written summary without giving away all the goods. Like, it's kind of like, hey, if I'm talking about five things in this episode, I'm gonna tell you three in the show notes. So you go and listen to the other two because you wanna entice people to listen. And so that's something to think about too. I know some companies do not do that. And so, you know, I have some clients who their production company does not do the show notes. So we hire a writer to do that. And that's another piece my production company does. So they edit, publish, and write the show notes for me. Then we have to put the show notes on our website, you know, and any other other pieces that we want to do there. So those are some things to think about in terms of timing and cost. Yeah. It can be costly, but again, what is your end goal? And we're going to do an episode number two. We're going to talk about repurposing and marketing. So we're going to get to that afterward. But I will end this episode with go back to the goal. What is the purpose? What are you doing this for? Because that is going to also be a barometer for you. Do you want to get more clients? Right? Because then let's just, I'm going to just make up a number $500 a month if you're charging a client $20,000. a month for a year, whatever, doesn't seem like a lot then, right? Because it's a way to get clients or, you know, so it, it all depends on what your goal is. Are you trying to build a community and you want people to join a membership site? Do you want, how, how are you monetizing? You don't have to monetize. It can just be like for myself, I started, like I said, I just wanted to get my ideas out and it gave me a place to share my story and get my ideas out. And that slowly morphed into other things now. So go back to that and think about that. All right. All right, girl. Well, we've covered a lot in this episode. We did. So much to think about and so much information. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And looking forward to part two. I know we're going to hop on to part two. So everybody check it out. If you have other questions, Definitely send them through, DM me, respond to my weekly emails. If you're not on my weekly emails and you're listening, go over to sandrasky.com and sign up. It's a great way to back and forth and be connected. So, all right, everybody, have a great week. Thanks for joining me today. You can access more information, links mentioned in this episode and the show notes at 
thelonggamepodcast.net. If today's show connected with you in some way, please share it with your friends or hop on and leave a review. Both of these make a really big difference. All right, until next time, keep playing the long game.